Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 778, recording today, uh, the 8th of November 2023. This is the Music Technology Podcast, where we talk about all things to do with music technology, uh, specifically sort of when applied to recording, performing, live streaming, uh, gigs, software, um, synthesizers, drum machines, you know, all that kind of stuff, plugins, the whole anything that is of any interest. Um, we stretch that sort of uh, remit depending on how busy or lack of news there is every week. So we might go wander occasionally off topic, but it's it should all be related. You should still enjoy it. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to everybody in the chat. We've got uh, Wagyu there, of course, uh, who uh, mans the controls and moderates for us and many others. Uh, very kind of him to give up his time like that. Uh, nice to see uh, Left and Red Walks and... Uh, Cress Head and all the usual suspects. I think I saw Inky Cat in there as well. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Uh, somebody actually said, "How's the wrist, Nick?" Uh, which I can probably uh, I can show you. I'm I'm off. I have I know I no longer have uh, anything on it. It bloody hurts though. I've I've given these exercises where I have to stretch it down here, and it's it's because my tendons have been sort of in stasis for like. 12 weeks it hurts a lot and i'm i, I i'm not doing as many exercises as i should because it's quite uncomfortable but i know i will and i'll get back to it eventually but thanks for asking it's very kind of you indeed back to the show uh so uh, yes thanks everybody uh so let's get on to our guests uh we'll start over with um mr yoad nevo there uh from nevo sound uh producer engineer software developer kind of freelance software developer and as, as well as many other things no doubt uh doing marvellous things remotely with his fabulous uh, a network bandwidth. Uh, although, sadly, in a big echoey room, which we endeavoured very diff very hard to... Yeah, there we go. We, we, we've got a transient designer on him to try and reduce the sustain. We've also got a gate, so I might have to tweak that in there. Anyway, Yoad, how are you? You well? I'm very well, thanks. Good to be here again. Excellent. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to... see that your cast has been finally removed. Uh, I watched a review of the um, Noran. Yes. What's it called? Uh, Noran Mono Mark II. Yeah, and you still had it on, so I'm happy to see that it's gone. Yeah, I uh, well, I, I it that actually came off during that, but I took it. I had to keep it on for continuity's sake. You see, so <laughs> actually, the la the last couple of days, I didn't need to wear it, but I still had it in the office. It was a, it was the sort of uh, when you take it on off. That's how seriously I take my craft here. Uh, I, I well, at least some aspects of funny, it. A funny story about that. I did um, a course. Actually, it's a way of plugging um, um, a, a plugging a course that I did for. Um, I forgot what it is. That's not a good plug. Um, anyway, <laughs> there was a there was a time that um, that I was uh, I experimented with dyeing my white patch here on my beard, and I did um, and I and I did this uh, the shooting of um, of this course, and then I decided not to not to go with it for obvious reasons. I mean, it's silly but I just wanted to see how it looks. Anyway, on some of the episodes I appear with without the white and on some of them with the white, so it's quite, um, it's quite funny. And I will soon remember the, the thing I was actually talking about. 
<laughs> that doesn't matter. I'm just getting a, uh, apparently the YouTube's not live, even though it's telling me it's working. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but thanks to Wagyu, you didn't have to pay <laughs> to be able to tell me that. But he actually put a, 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 a super chat to get my. I, I, it, I mean, it says it should be, but it just doesn't seem to be going. So I do apologise. We might have to upload that a little bit later, but uh, apologies for that. Uh, but yeah, continuity is a big deal. I think sometimes I, I used to buy my shirts in twos. Uh, so that if I had a particularly long-running review, I'd be able to wear a clean shirt and not look and, and not just get progressively more sort of dishevelled as the review filming went on. But uh, yeah, it's all part of the behind the velvet curtain. You know, we see the we see the awful truth of what actually goes on. But uh, anyway, lovely to see you, Ed. Uh, we'll chat a little bit later. Um, and we've also got um, Gaz Williams, who's there in uh, his studio in Bristol, um, where he streams. You streaming tonight, Gaz, as well as many other things. <laughs> That you do it's not a challenge you don't have to <laughs> no i know but a friend has invited me to a gig tonight and i'm just sort of like really torn and i can't decide so it's like eee! this is the thing isn't it um oof i might come back to you on that one but uh definitely uh i really do enjoy doing my streams so i should do it but it's um gigs in bath as well tonight it's uh uh but actually, I'm going to plug a gig next week, if I may. Let me just get the details. I'm playing with, I'm playing for the BMO. That's the um, Birmingham Modular Organization. Uh, I'm just going to look where that is. That's on, on Friday, the se uh, 17th. <laughs> I should have the venue, really, shouldn't I? If I'm going to plug something. Um, but yeah, doing another of my uh, modular gigs, which I'm ah, excellent. super excited about. Because, I mean, that sort of... You know, again, it's a fairly new area for me. And every time you do a gig, you know, it, well, every time I'm doing a gig, I just feel I'm getting a little bit closer to where I want to be. So, um, yeah, so playing up at the BMO on week on Friday. Um, yeah, that, that should be fun with some with some other excellent musicians. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, I, I, just very, very briefly on this kind of live thing is... Um, I, I just wonder if this is something other people may relate to, but um, just having having an idea of what you want to do, that's been the difficult thing for me, really. Just, you know, what is it that I want to express? Um, you know, with a more abstract electronic music, um, finding mm. your voice or finding the you know, finding the thing you want to say. Your thing, I, I feel, yeah. Yeah, your thing, yeah. You know, I, I feel I'm getting somewhere now with that. But, you know, I just, uh, but, you know, for years, I, you know, I love dabbling with synths and, and technology, always have. Um, but, you know, like in the context of playing in a band or like with sort of like kind of prog rock kind of things that I love to do, things have a place you know the technology you can kind of fit it around the framework that you're working within but it does what you need it to do for the gig in hand rather than it being about the technology to a degree i suppose yeah 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 really good point um, and but anyway but just sort of then but you know not having all of those elements that you would typically rely on you know melody chords <laughs> to, you know repetitive tunes you know lyrics blah 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 um you know abandoning some of the main not abandoning but just not relying on some of the main elements that you've based all your music on prior to that um do you think do you think you could manage to 
introduce uh, you know to sing to to have a kind of some sort of song structure and introduce that into it would that actually work i'm i uh, so on my live rig now i've got a little vocal um effects unit a little uh roland vp4 or whatever uh that, that can feed in um and i'm trying to just explore with ideas but i've got that going through a morphogene so i can record right. cut up and sort of you know um but i think what i've been finding is when you try to blend uh, more traditional instrumentation into the modular kind of world if you will uh it sometimes sounds a bit vanilla you know the modular world is so abstract and alien and um, bringing in you know uh, so i've been doing a lot of bass with it but i'm finding when i put the bass through uh, like a microcosm pedal as and then it it starts slicing up and granularizing the real-time playing it then makes the bass feel a little bit more in the right language of the modular as opposed right. to okay uh, yeah because otherwise it's, it's it, I, I understand what you mean because otherwise it's sort of there's all of this and then there's this it's and they're very other the otherness of it must be quite hard yeah 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 absolutely so but 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 it's a it's a journey that i'm absolutely loving all of that you know and um you know down the line i definitely want to be bringing a bass guitar out with me and a microphone and to try to incorporate those elements but i think in terms of trying to do uh songs that are in some way re repeatable then modular is absolutely not the right the right way to go with that no, it's but hard. then it's definitely yeah so i'm you know i'm doing improvisations when i play live and that is what i'm really enjoying so you know if if i've just got more tools to my improvisation then uh then hopefully it'll make that, that a little bit more interesting but um yeah but yeah sorry just no, it, it's fun yeah no absolutely and uh you might have noticed there, Gaz was uh, filling very, very nicely while, because uh, it's been a little bit of a slow week for news, but that was very <laughs> expertly done. I've now revealed far too much, but I mean, and not that it wasn't interesting at all. I do appreciate it. It's very kind of you no, to, no, uh, good, to, to, but because I think, like I say, I think that one you did in Glasgow was really good and I enjoyed that and I think you're on to uh, something. Edinburgh, thank there, you. So. Edinburgh, oh, yeah, sorry, cool. Edinburgh. Hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah, uh, let's, do, let's do a topic then. I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go slightly... Uh, uh, different because it's not the order that i want but uh and this has been out for a little while this is uh, iridium the waldorf iridium core and there's a, just this great demo the reason i want this because essentially i'm this is a demo by panic girl who is i guess an endorsee of theirs and i have to say so this is the waldorf iridium core it's sort of a deviation from the flagship you know it's like a, a trickle down uh this is a 12 voice version uh geophonic less control and it's about 1645 um this yeah i'll let this play a little bit because there's some lovely sounds in here and it gets extremely dense i think she must be multi-tracking this to a degree but i uh, really like the sonic world this inhabits and it sort of illustrates oops it sort of illustrates oh, that's not the button i wanted to press that was very disappointing ah uh, oh, damn it it was going so well let's me fast forward it yeah there's some really nice textures in here and it, it, this sort of bit lies whenever because whenever I've heard flip the presets on an iridium of any, it's never given me this sort of vibe, or it's it, it's always been not quite what I would do. So it's really nice to hear people doing things that have. Yeah, this is I love some of the low note stuff on this.
Oh, yeah, anyway, I could listen to that range. It's a great way, and well worth checking out um, Panic Girl stuff generally. If you search her out, she's got Bandcamp page and loads of releases and stuff. This is interesting. I don't know if you've had the chance to play or get your hands on an Iridium. There's sort of, there's always a big queue, isn't there? There's never many of them at any trade show, and there's always a lot of people standing around, and I, I think I had the desktop here for a little while. Simon Forsyth lent me his, and I played with that, and I thought it was lovely. Desktop is actually about 1900 bucks, and it's 16 volts. So I with a bit more control. So I don't know whether I, I think I would pay the extra 300 for that extra stuff. I mean, I understand why they do this because obviously the flagship, I think the keyboard was, you know, well over two grand. So, I mean, they're sort of trying to bring it down and more, more affordable. I mean, and they are built beautifully, their hardware. They're all most Waldorf hardware, as far as I could tell. Have you played with them, Gaz? Yeah, I've played with the Quantum um, and... I've had a little go on the original Iridium, and uh, but you know I'm kind of looking at this, just kind of going, oh yeah, actually in a way that more compact form factor. Well, I mean, how much comp, how how much more compact is it than the Iridium? I mean, uh, you want measurements? I'm afraid I can't help you there. It's a little smaller. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I want I've, my research has obviously gone to pot here. I think there might be a page here. Let's have a look. Is there a, a mm. that? Well, that's. I think it looks like yeah. it's probably about half the size or a third smaller or something like that i may be yeah. wrong uh, no it, actually that looks significantly half the size i'm guessing yeah so i mean that that could be you know where desk space is always at a premium yeah. um having but having that fantastic engine and access to all those that engine um because what is there? there's five there's five different types of synth engine i think in there isn't it um yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, hmm. Gosh, I'm trying to find. Yeah, if you could read them, there, is it? Yeah, Sonic Explorer, Wave Traveler. Uh, Sonic, oh, let me see. There is a list of them out here. I'm trying to find what they are, but I can't. I haven't got them to hand. Okay, I beg your pardon. Uh, no, you've, you've, you've done it again, guys. I'm sorry. I don't have that information. <laughs> oh, dash. Sorry, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I think it. It's. It's had quite a few years now just to really um, to mature as well. So coming in now at this sort of price point and this kind of you know nice compact size, I think is is quite an attractive uh, proposition. Uh, of course, the great Rolf Vorman is responsible uh, for this, and uh, I, I quite like that journey. You know, from he did his nave, end, almost nave, isn't it? Right the way from the right the way beginning, yeah, yeah. yeah. Enlog before Waldorf, wasn't it? The Enlog synth, yeah. one of the first kind of professional quality um, iOS synthesizers. And then, of course, then, you know, Waldorf becoming interested and then developing Nave. And then Nave then transitioning from the iOS platform onto the uh, onto being a desktop synth as well. And then Nave essentially forming the, you know, or oh, certainly the you know it's the path isn't it then to the yeah. uh to the quantum and then the his Iridium. imagination ran wild and he just went with it and they <laughs> but what i really yeah. like is they've supported it with a really good quality excellent hard i'm trying to remember was it you or somebody recently bought i think it's paulie didn't they bought a, a blofeld um he's got one really cheap and you know and again mm. it's just that the the hardware had the knobs are just they've got that sort of yeah. heft to them and they, they they really sort of the detail you don't buy i mean i suppose the only stuff that was lower quality was stuff like the strike effect and the rough the rocket was a bit more sort of low 
but, yeah, um, those things manufactured, but they're still good, you know, but the, yeah, these things so, are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's true. Although I would say, though, but mentioning the rocket as an example, I, you know, my I've got one rocket here, and it's it feels great to build, you know, build quality. So, um, but I mean, the the different kind of engines. I mean, in a way, what this synth represents to me is a sort of, uh, you know, very much cutting edge, very state of the art. They're very, um, you know. Uh, expanding into the joys of of digital. Yeah, there's a sort there's um, a sort of Korg. What's that? What was the Korg engine? Not the Kronos, but the the the, the mythical beast that that they used to develop all their oh, synthesis yeah. techniques on. It's sort of got a vibe of that because they can do all of that stuff, I suppose. The Oasis. I can't remember what it, the Oasis. That's all right. Yeah. 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 Actually, that's a very yeah that yeah that was I suppose very ahead of its time in its way. But yeah. So I mean, but you know packing all this into that sort of um smaller th um <laughs> it's quite funny isn't it because like saying you know, how it kind of come from an ipad through these synths and then it's coming back they might do a, a smaller one again which screen is screen only uh, yeah <laughs> essentially it's back to it's back to an ipad app again <laughs> yeah that'll be kind of funny i know yeah i mean you know it's interesting we've just done uh we're running a competition at the moment uh which i think i plugged uh, in at the beginning which is uh to win three geforce instruments uh, if you go to bit.ly slash uh, actually i'll do it now because uh, then it will be in there bit.ly slash uh uh, Sonic G, Sonic Dash GeForce 23. But one of the questions we're asking is kind of what sort of synthesis do people want? And a lot of, uh, you know, uh, by far and away, it's like uh, it, it's emulations of classic synthesis. And this and the Waldorf engine, this Waldorf engine is quite the opposite of that. It's all sort of cutting edge and interesting and new and, and sort of fascinating nooks and crannies of, of what we can do with digital stuff these days, right? Um, I agree with uh, the emulation of old scenes, and uh, I just recently got the, the GeForce OBX, and again, like the OBE before it, it's just so good, it's just so good, and, and you know, I have a lot, quite a, a lot of analog synths and stuff, and with, with the OBX and the OBE, I don't feel like I need to use them, because that, it has that kind of presence um, uh, and the the one thing that the and I do have a matrix six like the kind of a real Oberheim and stuff but just the convenience of having stuff running as a plugin oh um, and what I do like about Waldorf and I have quite a few units of uh, Waldorf units um, I have four Pulse, which is a monophonic analog synth, and I have four of them, so I can run it as a four voice. So it's kind of polyphonic, um, and they do sound amazing. They they are one of my favorite kind of um, analog synths ever, I think. And uh, and the fact and it's a mono synth, but the fact that I can play it as a four voice just opens so much possibilities. Um, and then I have the Microwave XT and I have the Cube, which are great as well. I, I think I prefer the sound of the, of the, the Microwave XT, but the, the Cube is probably the most, definitely in the 90s, the most comprehensive in terms of the edits and the matrix and the, all, the, all the stuff you can do with it. It's unbelievable. 
And this Iridium, out of all the kind of versions, this one looks really, really sexy. And uh, I think oh, the, right, okay. the, the form factor is, it, it, it kind of maintains all the kind of flashy lights and the whole sort of um, tactile, you know, um, properties, but it's, it's in a small form factor and it does fit better on a desktop. Um, personally, you know, I, I just like having plugins. So the more plugins yeah. sound better, like the OBX, it just makes more sense because you can, you know, I don't have to tell anyone what the benefits of, of using plugins is, but um, so, it, yeah, I, I would, I would be happy to see something like that for me personally, even an eight voice. That I think that the price point is still slightly high. I understand that there's a lot of technology and there's a lot of you know processing power and stuff that goes into this mach uh, these machines, um, but in order to compete and and it's a problem because when you're manufacturing hardware, there's a lot of cost and shipping and yeah. storage and uh, you know and all that um, and compliances and, and you know it's a whole different thing. Uh, as opposed to, to creating software, which, you know, you don't pay per copy, there's no cost per copy. So once it's finished developing, there's only tech support, really. Well, that's true, um, although, although sometimes you've never finished it because you can always uh, tweak it. Um, Joad, there's a really loud noise, uh, it's like your noise level is really low. It may be worth just uh, either reconnecting or plugging in. Um, sure unplugging the headset because it's introducing it there's a huge amount of it's like minus uh you know 30 yeah, yeah, db yeah. of noise. Right sorry about yeah that. sorry sorry, sorry to uh, yeah it's interesting so so anyway the um this is available uh, well it's been available for some time i know i did mean to talk about it a little bit more but um i didn't just never get right got round to it so uh, uh anyway just wanted to throw that in there uh, let's just try you again yeah that, that was really weird it was just a really loud how is that is that any better yeah we haven't got the. It, there's some. It sounds like there's some gating going on, which is really helpful. So yeah, that's brilliant. That's that'll be a bit. It's the laptop's uh, fan that kicked in. So, uh, ah, okay. Sorry about that. That's all right. Let me just check that we haven't. Uh, I'll just take that. Yeah, it's not as noisy, so that's better. Anyway, uh, let's get on to another topic. I suppose I, I wanted to throw that one in there first, but we'll do this one as well because I think this is uh, this is key. I mean, I know Yoad uses uh, Logic, you know, daily, so uh, this is very appropriate. And big new update for Logic 10.8 and also uh, the iPad 1.1, which is the first, I think it's the first major update, which is... Some people are a little bit cheesed off that uh, because they're paying a subscription for that and it's the first big one. So anyway, let's just play that one. New mastering assistant, uh, new beat slicer, uh, various different uh, sample alchemy. Uh, there's also, this is a video from uh, Matthias Holmgren, I sort of nicked hey guys, his intro. Hey here bringing you the latest news on the Logic Pro 10.8 update. 
There's some really exciting new features and updates in Logic Pro 10.8, the first one being the new Mastering Assistant, which basically brings you an AI mastering tool to help you polish your mixes. The next one is the Beat Breaker, which will reshuffle and reorder your audio to make it more modern. Then there's the Sample Alchemy, which can basically take any... I won't play the whole thing, but isn't it interesting that there seems to be this kind of uh, zeitgeist? You know, we've just had uh, Transit, we've had, uh, what was the other thing that we we looked at? The uh, Artoria uh, EFX, you know, there's all these kind of time-based and, and mastering assistance and the AI. And I wonder whether or not, to a degree, one of the reasons we're seeing this in Apple's because, I mean, obviously the M1 chips have got AI cores. There are neural cores, which are for just the thing for machine learning and stuff. And maybe they're just starting to use these things. But just, it's, it's, because obviously, these things must be planned years in advance, but they all seem to be kind of happening at the same time. I just find it quite fascinating, this. I, um, uh, Gaz, I don't know. I mean, you're... Do you use Logic much? I mean, it's, I, I, I've, I have been a lifelong user. I don't use it so much these days, but um, this looks like uh, a good upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I've had to use it for various kind of compatibility reasons. Um, we should also just mention that Cubase 13 has just dropped as well. Was that, yes, did you mention true. that show last week? Uh, I didn't. No, I should have done that. Okay. Right. So, I mean, that's got, I mean, maybe we could have a little chat about that as well. Um, but um, so obviously one of the things that's kind of big in the world of logic then is the fact that now it works on the iPad too. So I think, um, uh, so the iPad version, I think is now 1.1. This is uh, logic 1.1 on the iPad. Um, and yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a one-for-one, one, is it? I don't think, the iPad version. However, a lot of this new stuff, I think, is everything in the new, or, you know, all, all the headline-grabbing stuff of the new 10.8 uh, is in the Logic one. Uh, sorry, in the iPad one, which then brings that um, mastering assistant then that makes that kind of particularly interesting. Um, so that mastering assistant looks very similar to the way that uh, Ozone's mastering assistant uh, works um, in that you play a, a section. Well, in fact, you don't need to play a section. It seems like you can just select a section and analyze that section, and then it will give you a, uh, a starting bunch of parameters yeah uh, all, all set up and uh, the same same like the lander thing as well actually wasn't it that we, we yeah did talk about you know so yeah, yeah absolutely and uh, and partly because of this i mean mastering was my bread and butter for 20 years nearly uh but i've you know now i'm like i'm done i'm you know because in a way although there will always be need for um dedicated mastering engineers the well except I mean, for many, many years, the job I was doing when I was doing mastering was just having a good idea of how to use the limiting side of things, which was 90% of what made everyone excited about what I was doing. Um, you know, and then some, obviously some EQ and, and, and some other processes. Um, but with these, with the advent of these kind of uh, AI mastering I mean, say AI. I don't know how much machine that is learning. AI. I think is is yeah, different. There's a machine. It's machine learning. I would. I would guess. I mean, we we did talk about this to a greater extent about the you know the way that mastering uh, AI and stuff because when we did the Lander thing, which I must pass on. Actually, Lander sent me some codes to give out to you guys, which I will do. I just haven't been very. Uh, th there's also uh, MIDI 2.0 on this and 32-bit yeah, yeah. native recording. If you've got the sort of Ooh, interface that would. Cool. Uh, 
which which bizarrely probably the only 32-bit float uh, native um, thing I could think of is wasn't the Steinberg you are the big Steinberg <laughs> rack will record that which yeah. is quite ironic well anyway. that was 32-bit um, full not just 32-bit float um, ah okay so yeah, so a bunch of the um, a bunch of the, like the Zoom uh, recorders, which double up uh, uh, the the yes. F series, double up as uh, audio interfaces. They um, they will record at thirty two bit float. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, blah blah blah. But the mastering, you know, that's obviously that that's quite a big deal. Having that, I think, on an iPad, being able to sort of get things up to a decent level all within the iPad environment. So that that. That's, I think, quite a significant one. Mm. Um, but what about the? Uh, I mean, alchemy. Then is the, what is it with that sample engine? I didn't know. I didn't. Look I'm not the, sure. I didn't get a chance to look at that. But it's, there, there's some. It's, yeah, um, it's a, it's a granular synthesizer with <clears throat> four engines. One is additive, which I really like because it 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 stems from the days of. Um, Synclavier and stuff and resynthesis where it kind of recreates the sonic it's almost like a vocoder uh, that runs on on fft and and generates uh, sine waves for 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 the bins so it kind of freezes the the, the sonic um characteristics of a sample and makes it so it's like a static static wavetable but you can move it freely so from every sample, you can create a wavetable and then you can decide on the speed and the looping and the direction and all that. And then there's a traditional sort of granular where you can select the number of particles and size and all that. And there's a really cool matrix um, um, system where you can automate so you can assign LFOs and aftertouch and stuff to the parameters and you can have four um, engines running at the same time for each sample. <clears throat> so you wow. can have like a, a wavetable, granular, there's, there's other two, I forgot the, how they call them, but um, um, which one, one is a kind of looping thing and one is, is more like a freeze thing. So they're all kind of, they all have slightly different characteristics and you can run all of them and with the matrix system you can sort of either automate or modulate them in different ways and you and then you have a mixer for each one so you can pan oh them gosh. and stuff so <clears throat> you just throw in a sample and it creates even if it's a drum sample or whatever it is uh, and you create like really lush pads and what i like about logic is their interfaces are always are always great. They the the and so so it's really sort of intuitive and and easy to use. About the mastering, I would say that it sounds really good. Uh, my only comment is that the transients they they apply some transient shaping which you can't control. So you can sort of control the EQ. You can control the amount of EQ that they apply, and you can sort of tweak it so from zero to the eq curve that they suggest um or you can actually amplify the eq curve so you have you have that you um but they do apply some transient shaping which i find for some things it's cool and all that but 
I would like to have a mix for that as well. So to control right, so you had control how much yeah. of that yeah. is applied. Um, and um, what also, and so I mean, for a host or for a DW to have a mastering chain, this is the that's the ultimate way because as soon as you you enable the the mastering whatever it's called i think it's just mastering or something it automatically scans offline it scans your entire song you can you can cancel it and scan it manually but it takes like seconds and it scans your entire song and that's the that's the benefit of uh, of having it inside the door because uh, it can just do it you don't have to you know with the, with other things like ai master uh, by Exonic uh, UK and um, and other and other products, um, you have to kind of freeze or export uh, bounce offline or something like that, and then cancel yeah, at yeah. the last minute so you, and and force it to go offline if you don't want to wait four minutes or something like that. But here, it's built in, so um, really good, really good update. Um, I found uh, some really, really annoying bugs when you um, record MIDI regions. Um, it will um, it will turn your fader movements and whatever you tweak while before you record. You know, it will turn it into a region automation. So that's definitely a bug. Uh, right. even, even if you're not on, on, on write or trim or anything like that, so, so you're on read on the, on the channel and it will turn it, so you have to go and manually delete it. I'm sure it, it's, a, a, it's obviously a bug, but they will, I'm sure they will fix it uh, quite soon. They have to because it's really, really annoying. Otherwise, it's a really, really good update, but I want to, to mention Cubase 13 because... Um, Finally, I love Cubase. I love Cubase, and they would have they would have had me as a user. Um, I don't know for the past 10, 15 years, if they only had the one feature that they finally introduced now, which is the ability to to uh, change a channel between mono to stereo. Because this was so annoying. If you had a mono channel, you couldn't put stereo plugins on it. They had this little thing with the line which never worked because it would play only the left channel in mono. And you would have to assign stuff to groups just to, to put a chorus on something. It was just crazy. And finally, you, you can now flip a channel between mono and stereo. And this, that was the main reason why I didn't, I never completely switched to Cubase yeah. because I love the sound of the mixer and there's so many amazing features to love uh, about Cubase, but this just didn't register with me and I couldn't understand it. In the same way that Pro Tools, even today in 2023, you can't like trim or fade multiple regions. You know, I know that Pro Tools users will say, no, you can command F and then it applies to all. No, but I mean trim, like with the mouse, just to move them. And and this is, by the way, something that, that Cubase introduced, were the first to introduce with uh, Cubase um, S, SX, I think. Right. S, SX well, it's, or something it, like that. 
So yeah. all these, you know, and, and, and there are so many things and considerations and priorities and effort estimations and things like that that go into deciding on the feature set of the DAW. But I think that this was a big, big oversight for many, many years. And I'm so happy that uh, they finally got into it, even though they really, there's no excuses. They should have had it done like many years ago. Yeah. There's, there's no technical. It's kind of a concept. Sometimes, you know, it's like the, the, the first apples had uh, like one button, button on the, on the mouse. mouse. Yeah. And they said, oh, because if you have, if you have two, then you have to look at it. And I, I saw that there was a, 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 an entire book dedicated to why it's better <laughs> to have a single click on the mouse and everything. And then they switched to two and it became a lot better. Simple. And the, the same yeah. with products. They used to have, um, you know, real-time bounce because of the TDM limitations and stuff. And then even after they switched to native, they maintained this. And the Pro Tools advocates said, no, it's better to bounce in real time because then you can listen to problems and stuff. And then Pro Tools introduced bounce offline and everyone was happy and it was much better. So, you know, all these... Sometimes, yeah, sometimes that you just need to... Kind of stuck about, which they can just improve so easily um sorry that's my they have it sounds like they have yeah. I'm, I'm just going to come to you in a sec guys there was just a, 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 a rocky 67 said i'm looking forward to a door paperclip this is sort of in reference to the sort of ai aspects <laughs> and the ambition it looks like you're going to spend four hours on a mix before abandoning it and you can't see the whole of that it says shall i just delete it now uh, which i think is a great a great concept i i mean you're a cubase user i mean that's your sort of yes composition uh, and mix door yes. of choice right it is. And so a new update to Cubase gets me a lot more excited than the, the logic one. Uh, yeah. So the Cubase 13 update, uh, I mentioned this uh, before with um, previous Cubase updates since they started calling it Cubase Pro. And now we think it's now just Cubase back to Cubase 13, not Cubase Pro 13. I'm not sure. Uh, I'd have to check that. Um, but but what it was meaning there was that uh, in recent updates, they've been really focusing on, you know, very much uh, less novelty or fancier things. They've scaled back some of the uh, some of the ideas. In fact, VST Transit has now bitten the dust. I think it just didn't. Oh, catch really? On. Yeah, just, which is sad. It was hard to work, wasn't it? We just it couldn't, we, we could never get. We tried. We did try, <laughs> but no, we no, just VST couldn't make Transit, it work. Though, yeah, the, the transit is that thing where you could have like um, multiple users uh, adjusting the same project, and you know, and it and it being ah okay one of these, yeah we were talking there was a VST Connect the thing we were talking ah about. yes sorry yeah I think that's still hanging on yeah. um, all right okay but there are a bunch of things in Cubase I'll just uh, say a few of the things I think are, are, are worth mentioning regarding the Cubase thirteen update. Um, what, one of which is, and I think the main one that you'll see is that the uh, the mixer has been given uh, an overhaul. Now the mixer is excellent, but it, it is a bit weird, a bit clunky, and as it was growing in functionality, I think it did need a little bit of a rethink, which it's got now. So I'm kind of pleased about that. Um, 
So like when you're in the main arrangement window, for instance, you know, your typical inspector that you can open and close to the side, um, that inspector had grown and grown and grown and grown in functionality so much so oh, the now. The tiny, 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 tiny writing, wasn't it? I remember it. Was just like, <laughs> yeah. I can't see half of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've kind of essentially got an, an, another inspector, but it's not an inspector. What it is, is it's a single channel of the channel of your mixer now can appear down the left-hand side within the range page. Like so, so uh, yeah, pretty much, isn't it, actually? Um and yeah, it's been like that in logic for a long time. Um, but so that that's pretty cool. But um, let me just have a quick look I got here. Uh, I noticed one thing which I thought was really cool and will excite some people no end and most other people won't, uh, is that now if you bring in a video, a, a piece of video and you want to sort of do a new soundtrack to it, uh, you can now bounce out the video without actually changing the video's render. So, uh, in the past, what you'd have to do is bring in a video. If you wanted to, you know, then create a soundtrack and then bounce it out with the video, it would sort of have to re-render the video. And in often cases, it would degrade it a little bit and it would take ages. So now you can like import a piece of video, put your soundtrack on it and then bounce it out. And the video then uh, is untouched, if that makes sense. So, right, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like logic says, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God, I got to think of some other things here. So there's a vo there's a vocal chain which I think logic has got. Um, ah, yeah. The no, the vocal part. chain is great in Cubase. It's really, really very impressive. Logic does. There's now the channel presets and stuff like that, but the vocal uh, the vocal chain looks really, really good. I love the sound okay. of Cubase. It, it, the sonically, it's really good. Right. Yeah. Um, well, there we so, go. Well, there's another one, which, again, if you're a regular Cubase user, you, you'll find this one interesting. Again, others probably won't. And that's uh, the range tool now. It works in the, uh, the key editors and the drum editor, uh, which is... <laughs> You know, it's just that's the that's the kind of thing that that this I think this it's workflow and tinker, workflow and tinkers, you know, quality workflow well. uh, update. So just have a quick flick through here. Just um, obviously, there's some new plugins, there's a new compressor. Oh yeah, just on point to what we were talking about earlier uh, regarding um, shaped uh, modulations on as a plugin. The sampler track, which is something that is actually really superb in Cubase, that's growing in functionality every uh, every new iteration. Now that sampler track, you can apply all these kind of interesting envelopes. You know, very similar to what we've been yeah, talking about. Yeah, with, yeah, with, it's, with, it's fascinating, um, isn't it? How that's just sort of yeah. I, I just yeah. want to throw something in here quickly because. Uh, uh, um, Neil Elkin said, he, uh, again, on the th similar theme, like a door clippy that tells me when I've ripped off the chords for, or a melody from some 1990s trance tune. And actually, that's quite an interesting <laughs> idea, isn't it? Because if yeah. you're composing something, you can spend yeah. a lot of time going down a rabbit hole. And if it just sort of goes, uh, that's actually the chords to uh, Beatles track, you want to maybe, maybe you want to cut, turn away now, yeah. save you. Yeah, but, effort. All, but all 90s trance tracks were AM and the F. Same. 
So. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I mean, I, you've got a bit more leeway than that, of course. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to know. Or, or maybe you should try substituting this to avoid copyright issues. Maybe try substituting this chord at that point. I mean, that's yeah. actually not. That's not a bad kind of concept in terms of how these things could help i suppose or whether mm. or not we want that kind of help because i i was listening to some ai stuff recently and how these the idea now that they're sort of suggesting that what ai would do rather than try and kind of give us ar and all this kind of uh, augmented realities it just sort of goes i'm walking this way down a street and the, and the AI might come in and go, actually, if you go this way, you're going to hit a dead end and you'll have to turn around and come back. Maybe you should make this choice instead, which is in effect, you know, you think, oh, what a great idea. But I mean, we all know how you respond to paperclippy kind of kind of um, <laughs> hints and tips. They'd have to get that absolutely yeah. right for us not to kind of throw your phone at the floor um, and stamp yeah. on it. After. I don't know. If, I, so, if yeah. I can sort of embellish on, on, on your idea, if you think about it, something like Waze, you know, where it kind of, or, you know, or, or Google Maps, Waze is, is the more sort of, uh, so it, it gets its data from users. So it knows the routes and it knows yeah. where there are traffic jams and stuff like that. So if you had a mechanism that would monitor, I wouldn't like to participate in something like that, but uh, that that would monitor all the let's say all user all Cubase users or all logic users at a given moment so in real time and can see what code progressions they're using can see what <laughs> they're doing somebody else is doing this right now on <laughs> that suggests to you okay so the trend right now at, at this moment is that people are doing more of this and more of that direction and they're using such and such samples from splice or loop masters or loop cloud and you know so you can have almost like um you know as uh, like ways but for but for, for for composition or arrangement music. interesting idea. Would i would sense. love to i i'd love to I, I would love to dwell on this a little longer but there is another uh, topic that i really want to get to uh, which is uh well, it's the new Korg um, pads, which d dropped oh, yeah. today, actually, um, at four mm. o'clock this morning, which is why I missed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this uh, this is the only video, because it's not shipping yet. Mm. This is the only video. There's a video by a guy called uh, Hal Motohashi, uh, and this is the first demo. And it sort of demonstrates the whole concept of the the actual the looping. So there's four loopers, as well as the ten pads. Uh, the top pads are used to... For, CC pads as well as triggers. So this is just building a loop and you can import and export them. It's a really interesting idea. They're obviously going straight for the uh, Roland SPD SX, which has sort of dominated the live drummer sample triggering. You get up to 60 oh, yeah. minutes of sample trigger in here as well. So for live, we could be talking something good. Although one slip of the drumstick when you're hitting a, that big end note, you might smash your LCD. <laughs> That's the only thing I'd worry about. But I think the, S the SPD-SX is the same, so you just have to be careful. Or maybe deck savers could just make a cover that you put over it. So, you know, for live, you just kind of, if you hit it really hard, it, it's not going to break. This is interesting. This is a complete, I, I, as far as I'm aware, the only other drum-based hardware from Korg um, was the Wave Drum that yeah. I can remember. So we're talking a, a whole new category for them. This is interesting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you've played a lot of live stuff. Sometimes drummers need yeah. pads to trigger. This has got a pair of 
yeah. dual zone pad inputs as well so i mean it's going to integrate pretty yeah. would probably integrate pretty well into a live scenario right well i mean so the spd sx from roland is the industry standard and it almost seems like that young drummers or not necessarily young <laughs> i don't know why they're young but um that may modern i should say modern drummers uh almost expected like in the session world to be able to sort of go back and forth between acoustic kit and something like the S and the, well, yeah, something like this, but, and the SPD SX from Roland has become the absolute industry standard. Um, so if Roland want to, sorry, if you, if Korg want to kind of slice to that market, you know, they are coming from, as you say, with only like the wave drum in their back catalog, uh, you know coming up against roland uh and in fact well there's some others as well elisa's uh, i've got i've got some yep. as well and, uh, but um you know they have to get a bunch of things right um the control panel on the spd sx is a lot smaller and is kind of angled in front uh, angled down and in front of the pads whereas the control panel on this is like it's like, it's like a like pad a it's like a pad <laughs> yeah so that uh, you know uh, my first thought was, was along similar lines to you just thinking that does look like it could be asking for trouble however the pads themselves look significantly bigger than the individual pads on the spd i, I might be wrong about that but that, that's how they from that video they look a bit bigger uh and similar to the spd sx as well the, the kind of like ridge pads along the top um yeah. it's got a similar kind of form factor in that respect uh however you know and then and what this video demonstrates is with this kind of um loop building loops up on it they're like looking at it being a uh creative device as well um and the uh, the strike i think is from elisis that had a similar that you could do something a little bit like that on that but this looks like they've taken it to the next level in terms of you know why not use something like that to build loops then you could create loops and then export it into your computer and use them you know use it as a loop making mm, yeah, machine, yeah yeah i think which is which is is pretty cool um do we know are the tech specs out for this Cork, well you know? um there's no there's a little bit and um, one thing that it doesn't have is a midi out it's got a midi in uh, no sorry a midi in it's got a midi out but Ooh. not a midi in which seems a bit of i i guess you it's got usb so probably it can be used with usb and maybe they think well yeah. in in a in a kind of computer environment you might do that where you're writing a few i, I don't know but yeah. that feels like a bit of an oversight it's a couple of, at the moment at launch it's going to be about 949 uk and i think the spdsx which has been out a long time and probably started yes. at a similar price point is around mm -hmm. 749 so we're talking a couple of hundred less but it's got all the stuff like the spigot mount on the bottom you know there are things that yeah. it it needs and it has got uh, 60 minutes of sample playback time via usb that's plenty you know so you were talking stems i don't know what the load time is with that because i do know on some of the these uh, uh sample memory is not super fast so you might mm. find that filling that 60 minutes up you know if you're loading a project you might have to have uh, a a lot of anecdotes for the front front person to to say while you do that i don't know i mean this is all stuff that i mean you'd hope they wouldn't get stuff like that wrong i mean if they're going after it they've got to basically take on sort of the best or the the, the because i mean roland started with uh, octopads you know 
yeah which were like years, i mean years. you know 30 years ago so you know 40 yeah. years ago so they've been yeah. they've held up that that position for a really long time so it's quite a a bold move i know do you do you find that pads i mean you know finger we're all used to finger drumming and keyboard drumming and i know you've got pads and stuff have you ever i mean because i always think yeah i get pads i had an hp hpd hand sonic because i thought i could program beats mm -hmm. but honestly i could play i couldn't play well enough in time for it ever to be any use it was sort of useful <laughs> for sensitivity for hi-hats so, and stuff i mean so that's the first product that i really feel like i would enjoy using i have an alesis one i'm not sure what it's called it's not very good um i think maybe i'm wrong but i think that this one having 10 pads is kind of um usually you have six and then the two on the you know the the, the kind of rim or the whatever the edge this one has um this one has 10 and the four could also um double as cc controllers yeah which is they do they do really they do some sort of preset parameter access yeah. as well as triggering and, yeah yeah and i think it has four outputs which is nice um, yeah. it comes with tons of sounds it looks really slick and this is something that i would want to have um at the price point i'm not sure i can justify it um because I'm not going to use it every day, you know, but since it has this looper and there's always a vibe about a looper, even though you can do it in live and you can do it in logic and all that, that yeah. kind of workflow, but there's something about those hardware machines that just loop and you just layer and layer um, yeah. stuff that there's something about it, which brings something different in, in, yeah. in from the creative, uh, perspective so i would really enjoy having uh, this this unit and this is the first time that i feel uh, so strongly about something like that um so yeah i think it's a it looks like a really really good product i think if it was yeah maybe two three hundred quid cheaper then it would be a no-brainer but a, a grand you know, it's a little bit much. If you're not a if you're not a percussionist or a drummer, or, and this is your like for for a drummer, which you know, if it's your main tool or main thing on stage and in the studio, and this is how you create music, mm. then it's great. But uh, like you said, there's finger drumming. There's a lot of other. I think it's Wait. interesting because, like you say, because it's a, because of a creative tool, you could imagine people who, because normally what tends to happen is drummers who drum are sort of presented with whatever pads the TM or the band want them to use for the gig that they've got to play back samples or whatever. Whereas this <laughs> feels like if you're a drummer, you might already be using it and you might be familiar and, and have a feel because I mean, most drummers can adapt, but it, it feels like it's very much, well, this is what I have to use because you're not going to be necessarily using that. I just like to point out the, uh, the Yamaha FD, FGP DB, DP 50 is 270 pounds for 26 pads. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it's, yeah, but you can't hit those with sticks. It is. It's a different Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. In my live room, I used to have a drum kit, a full, full blown drum kit and all that. And at the moment I just have um, overheads like hi-hat and cymbals and stuff. Um, right. And I do overdub them because there's nothing like 
like live, you know, symbols and, and hats and things like that. 80 uh, style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with something like that, you can add a pedal, which I have. I have a, like a Roland uh, bass drum pedal that can plug in. And, yeah. and then I can actually use the sticks to, to, to play like a full kit. So this is something you can't do with finger drummings. Finger yeah, drumming, like so. kind of combine that could... with, with overheads, which, which, you know, just feels yeah. like, a, like a proper kit, especially with I the bass drum pedal. I wonder if it's possible to, uh, um, uh, oh, what was the question? I was, to, to dial back the sensitivity or dial up so you can use, because some of the pads you can play with fingers I'm or sure with sticks. I wonder, I wonder if that's possible. Sure yeah, sorry, guys, you were holding up your FPG. So, are, are you enamored? Are, are you sitting on the sofa playing drum solos every evening I or mean, is it sort of the novelty worn off? Uh, sure, I need to remember to do it because, you know, when I do remember, I make some progress. Uh, I was just going to mention it. I, mean, I, I did cover this on my show last week if you want to see more about it. But uh, this little this little section here, though, uh, there's a USB uh, memory here. And this little section here will play back audio files that are on there. But crucially, when you drop it into record, it'll record an audio performance of what you're doing. And then... And what's quite nice is if you engage the click track, that audio, you can choose whether it'll actually record the click or not. So, um, uh, okay. Then when you, when you play back files off the, off the USB, you can play over it and then record. So when it records, it's always recording the output. So it'll record the play, you know, what's playing off the USB. Right. So you can just build layer, build layer, stuff up. Layer layer and layer uh, okay yeah. interesting sound on sound style yeah sound yeah. on sound style yeah right interesting Oh, that sounds good. But again, I mean, it feels like uh, the, we go through phases, don't we, where everybody is, everybody's looking for a new way to input musical data. And I, I remember I got very excited with the HPD uh, Handsonic because there were lots yeah. of controls and they had a D-beam and, and I could, yeah. and I was, I spent, I got, I I, I'm trying to think how many hours I spent trying to kind of, map that stuff because i do remember i had foot pedals i had yeah. a drum pedal uh, i had I, like a hi-hat pedal i had all of that stuff but I then it, it spat too. out so much junk into the pattern that then if i wanted to revoice <laughs> it to a machine it was just like it was an entire programming session just to kind of redo it uh, uh, you know from from the idea that went in and i just remember it being extremely complicated but uh, i did put a lot <laughs> of effort into it and then i sold that i think i sold my hand sonic to simon forsyth actually if i remember correctly i don't know if he's in the chat room and maybe he is maybe he isn't um, I think it was him. Um, I seem to remember. I saw uh, anyway. I yeah, sold, yeah. Sorry. I sold my hand Sonic to my friend Simon Preston, and uh, in fact, I forced him into buying it because he he was umming and ahhing about it. But he's got massive talons where his thumb, his fingernails are like big, and it and the skin was all covered in like gouges from his talons. How so does he I, play congas then? <laughs> Badly, <laughs> expensively. That's to check. That's, no, I know Simon Preston is a great percussionist. I just can't imagine him playing. Uh, playing, he must get through a lot of skins, or maybe he, get, he, he gets Teflon conga skins. I don't know. Right? Teflon conga skins. Okay, that is going in the uh, the, the show title uh, as a as a potential. There, I think that might be almost beats the number of seven seven seven. The number of fried Haribo. Um, Teflon, but which actually somebody um, last week somebody. Uh, 
uh, uh, cancelled their Patreon because they felt that I wasn't respectful. Like 777 is apparently a, a number of great mystical and religious uh, um, importance, and I had no idea, and I was making light of it. And they actually, oh. they actually cancelled their, their Patreon because they thought I was being disrespectful, which it was never my intention. So I do apologise. Oh, but maybe honestly, it was on the cards. Maybe it was. They were they were just looking for an excuse. So Teflon uh, Teflon Condor skins <laughs> might be might be today's uh, show title. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, we have got more stuff, but I think maybe because hmm. judging by the amount of uh, or the lack of news that st the week started with, I have a feeling maybe next week might be the same. So hmm. I might save a couple of those for next time. Um, uh, just because. Uh, yeah, because, and I think one of them looking at it, I think we've already done it, but not that long and, and maybe six months ago. So I might hold off there and we'll kind of, we'll wind down the show. I know I didn't get the ad in until the very end, yeah, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, that's not... More, sorry, there's still a few more Cubase 13 things if you want, or do you think we should move on from that? Just only Well, I think I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. We do, Again, um, it's really mm. interesting how, because uh, what, what we've been doing, when we've been doing these um, uh, these competitions, we'll ask like one question, like what door do you use? Mm. Uh, and what, uh, and, and in this, in the GeForce one, we're saying what kind of synth plugins would be, you, you'd be interested in, you know, new synthesis techniques or whatever. I'm just trying to see if I can find, let me see if I can find the answers to the yeah, Yuhi one, which was what door you're using. Uh, winner he plug in which we do have a winner we did have a winner for that they've, they've now been um uh let me see uh no i don't want to resume collecting responses at all i'm just looking at what was it that so ableton was by far the biggest of the uh um of the daws with logic at about 50% of that and then i would say cubase was maybe one two third i suppose third in terms of percentages but but ableton was by far the biggest uh daw that used because it was tickle that apply so lots of people have more than one daw obviously because you know that's just the way you way it goes but yeah it's interesting so i suppose what i'm saying is yes you can because if it's the top three if there's anything specifically interesting that we'll just close with that and if there's another just another couple of features and then yeah i can chip in with logic already does that and has done for years <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay well no, i mean um there is the uh chord pad progressions thing and i i wanted to get this in just when we were talking oh, okay. about it earlier because i thought it, it is quite an interesting thing so the chord pads have been in cubase for a while now and what the chord pads essentially are are like kind of well what they sound like they are and you can map them to um to to different trick you know if you've got trigger pads or you can just map them to any keyboard uh, or or indeed just just click on them with a mouse and uh, so you can make a palette of chords for a song or and there's loads of presets or groupings of chords and then when you trigger a chord the other chords now will light up depending on a few different factors. So they'll light up whether they'll be the most obvious chord that will follow, and then they'll light up in a different color for, um, you know, which would be chords that are, you know, less related to the chord that you're playing, but still harmonically, you know, uh, useful. So the, the thinking is, is that you can be putting a new chord 
progression together and by triggering a chord you can see then the color relations to what other chord uh, options are available to you so it's not really like ai writing it but it's more um just this idea this is where of, you could go next yeah and if you go this way this is the most obvious way and then this is a you know a, a less obvious way and i thought oh that seems like a really nice way of exploring chord mm. sequences and of course you know you could just load in uh there's many many um banks of chords that you can bring in so just sort of it's a curious way of just enhancing your songwriting could, uh, that's interesting i could because i could see because like when 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 i was doing a lot of remixing the thing that would be the hardest thing would be how to re reimagine the backing track so i mean if you say for instance yeah. what would have been useful for me at that time is like okay i'll i'll pitch analyze the melody and you put the bass line in that you quite like and i'll suggest the chords that would fit between those two points that would give you different ways that the melody would then be presented against those two points which i think that that would yeah. be something i would find because i'm not musically you know all that au fait i don't have a lot of uh, theoretical knowledge but, but being able to mm. kind of go oh yeah i like because it would be mostly in my case it would be like well what can i play that's what i can play and that sounds all right rather than well i, I couldn't explore the things i couldn't play or didn't know about because i didn't know about them so you'd often end up compromising or just go well that's the that's the first thing that sounds all right so that'll do you know so do you, do you know what i mean so yes yeah very good point uh, so that you know the concept of reharmonization is quite interesting isn't it if you take a melody then that melody uh the the chords that the melody was written over you take those chords away that melody lo will work over all sorts of chords yes. from different keys and it makes the chord makes the melody sound more exotic the further it's away the jacob from collier mo mode yes <laughs> yeah yeah uh and obviously having you know theoretical knowledge is going to help you a lot with this but if software can help you crack into that into those more sophisticated areas i think that's really good could lead to more interest in songwriting uh i actually and I, that's a really good example of the jacob uh, jacob collier actually because he his reharmonizing of famous melodies it, it's just baffling and you and it's kind of wow okay you've got massive more uh options than you would initially think so just dovetailing back to the to this kind of chord track part of um cubase it's this whole joined up thing you see then if you you play with those chords you can then drop i mean then this time stretch and um, modify the, well, the pitch right move those chord move those chords into the chord track and then all your midi and audio you can tell it to follow the chord track so when you change a chord everything that's kind of within the region of the chord in the chord track will change its notes will change and follow different musical rules so you can you know 
with yeah no, that sounds kind of interesting yeah maybe yeah. that's i i just I, I think it's the sort of thing that you know i probably wouldn't want to change my entire dw just for that because <laughs> we've spoken about this before i mean maybe if yeah. i was a bit earlier in my career and i was you know i had more time on my hands i, I might consider it or maybe it, i'd find it was a useful thing to write with i don't know interesting but no thanks gaz um for that extra information i know it wasn't originally in the topics um but uh, as we say cubase is uh, it's a big player it's one of the big three so for sure uh I, yeah Adi, oh you are you playing you're, you're playing bass today is, is that are you doing overdubs <laughs> Oh, sounds great in the room. <laughs> um, yeah, before we go, I would like to mention uh, maybe it's something to talk about next week. Uh, the release of Reverb Shaper by Cable Guys, uh, which is a really, really good product. I am a little bit biased because I was involved um, in the making of this product. Uh, and I really recommend that you watch the video uh, that Lee um made by cable guys but i have to warn people that i think that if you watch this video there's no way you can resist um <laughs> buying this product so it's, it's, i think it's like 39 dollars or something it's it is th it's 39 euros that's right wow. i actually have it it's i have it cute i got it set up in a, in a in a list here i could we could have you got time gas would that be um would, should we should we drop it in what do you think yeah why not okay all right i'll do crazy. that let me let me find it uh again we got zero. yeah so here it is it's time to get rhythmic with your reverb new for Shaperbox, Reverb Shaper will make your music move and groove in space. So today I'll show you how to design reverb rhythms. Dial in duct and gated reverb and combine reverb with the other Shaperbox effects for wild results. So let's dive straight in. It, yeah, it's it is a great video. I mean, it's a six-minute video. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but uh, this is again, it's it's the sort of it's using these the idea of pre-shaped modulations and rhythmic-based modulations, and the ducking stuff was really interesting, and the pre-delay and the way that you could just kind of fling elements of a loop, say the side stick or whatever, into a reverb and have very tight control, which would normally take quite a lot of complex and fiddly midi automation that isn't really designed for such sort of transient based sending and stuff and that i suppose that's the thing and so i i, I it, uh, what was the other thing like clear tails function was another one where if you're sending yes. if you've got a very big reverb and you're playing a load of chords into it by the time you get to another chord which maybe would would mush the second one it will clear the buffer so that the reverb of that chord is the more dominant uh, signal and that just stuff like that that seemed like a really you know some lots of great ideas yeah like that. so that, that's that's a really cool feature because you can have like really really lush and very long reverbs but as soon as you change the chord if it's on the bar or whatever um then it will basically clear the buffer and start again on the next chord so it's so this and like you said the ducking feature is amazing but i think that um even if you forget the, the shaper sort of uh, functions um, that are very, very comprehensive, even just as a reverb, uh, because we have 120 impulse responses of 
very that cover a huge range. Uh, some of them are original that that I made. Uh, like I made uh, about thirty or something like that, um, and the springs and plates and everything. Um, but the the fact that it it has a three band crossover. So you can have three different reverbs. So you can have one reverb on the lows, so you can have like a spring on the low, ah. on the lows, like a plate on the highs and a room on the sort of mid range. And you can, and the, each one has the entire engine. Um, so you can have ducking on the mid range, sort of DSR thing on the highs and uh, compression on the low or all the all those things and you can even as a studio reverb that's the most comprehensive um, kind of reverb unit um, that that you can think of because you can really sculpt the the reverb before you even get to all the kind of shaper um, and and in combination with the other shaper, with the shapers, the, the volume shaper and the liquid shaper and the noise shaper and all that, and also you can use it as a send and return internally. So you can automate or shape the send and the return. So you can say if you have a drum loop, you can say that you only send the the two and the four to the reverb, but then on the output you can have whatever shape, you know, you, so there's two different shapers. Ah, okay. Also, one thing that is, is very cool is the way that you can change, even though it's IR-based, so it's impulse response-based, you, you don't have um, a, a gap, you don't have a stop when you change the size or the decay, which is very unique because usually when you, send, when you change on, an, on a traditional impulse response reverb when you change the size or the decay time then you have to internally process the impulse response while taking the the audio offline so you have a, a gap so and and this one doesn't so it, it will continuously regenerate the reverb which means that it it you can you can work with it in a live situation so it's kind of bridges the gap between algorithmic and IR based um, reverb so ah, interesting yeah well well worth checking out um I know guys whether you, uh, reverbs we've we we talk about reverbs incessantly usually I'm kind of the uh, ma ma yeah. I don't care if it's ducking or whatever it's just, if it's just yeah. massive it kind of covers my embarrassment for not having enough notes or whatever oh yeah you've got the pictronics there uh, yeah, interesting yeah. that sort of level of forensic control over reverbs is sounds well worth checking out actually 39 euros yeah and, and what's it like 40 quid 39 bucks 39 euros yeah so is that, I guess like that's a, 35 is that just quid. an opening off is that the the regular price, or is that not as like far a... as I could tell? I mean, I think it. I think it just. Okay. Uh, oh no, it's that one I'm looking at. I, let's have a look. I think by now, thirty. You know, it doesn't say free trial. Let's have a look. I'll just okay. click on that. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. don't think so. So yeah, seems like a. I might try that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it is one of those things. Uh, I've I've done it quite a bit myself, where I've processed reverb downstream using. Uh, in fact. Where is it? Uh, <coughs> this thing, which is uh, Electroharmonics Stereo Pulsar, putting reverb. I've been putting reverb through that, uh, and 
this has got all sorts of interesting sort of shaped um, tremolos. So really similar Same kind sort of, of thing. principle, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, this looks great. I mean, it's got a bit irresistible at that price, really, as well. If it was just a really top, top quality reverb for 40 quid, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah nice. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to wrap things up a little bit because uh, I've got stuff to be getting on with myself and uh, we've, we've run a long one, which is always good when we've uh, got plenty to talk about. So, Yad, um, I, I, I'm guessing you're... Um, are you working remotely? You're going to be doing... Um, flipping off to, to do another mix or something via headphones or what's, what are you working on currently? Yeah, I can't mix here, obviously, not in this uh, environment. <laughs> and I don't have a treated room here, so I can kind of tweak stuff, And uh, but I'm mainly working on, on beats and stuff, and also, obviously, um, product development. So that's something I can do here with this uh, slightly noisy laptop. And, uh, yeah. Oh, nice bass there. Yes, what's that? <laughs> Oh yeah, guys! Oh, music man! Yeah, music nice. man stingray special. I was gonna. We have a slap off to finish off. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> that sounds just slightly sordid somehow, but all all kind of just. Uh, so, guys, what's next for you? You, um, I can't remember. Did you say you were streaming tonight, or no, you're not? No, I'm sorry, sorry everyone. I'm not going to stream. I'm going to go to the gig tonight. So in the yeah, in well, the bell, fair enough. Real IRL. Hey, come How are you? You coming to Bath? Yeah, the Ooh, bath yeah, uh, in, in Bell, great, great pub. It's um, a band called Hegemono are playing, who are uh, instrumental four piece. It's going to be really cool. So if anyone, what time are you heading? Over, what time are you heading over? Probably about eightish. I think he's got well okay. half past seven, eight o'clock. Oh, I think pick leaving here half past seven. Yeah, so eight, eight, eight thirty. Fancy coming down? All oh, right, okay. Might well do that. Uh, okay, brilliant. Well, lovely to see you all. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. Thanks to everybody in the chat uh, for joining. Oh, yep. Sorry, guys. Sorry, there was one last thing. I, I got the details up. If anyone is uh, um, Birmingham-based uh, for next week, it's uh, the BMO. It's the second birthday of the BMO, the uh, Birmingham Modular Organization. Uh, so it's in Mosley Hive uh, from 8 o'clock and... Uh, I'm going to be playing along with Tony Arkell, Tommy Creep, RBMK, and we've got the Rust DJs and visuals by Chroma Touch, that's Leon Trimble, and 2AA. So <laughs> I right. just wanted to get Excellent. that in. It's, it's, a like it's going to be a really, really cool night. Uh, oh, cool actually, night, yeah. speaking of birthdays, uh, happy birthday, Rich Hilton. I think Rich it's his Hilton. birthday today. Yeah, hey, happy birthday, go. Rich. I think I saw him earlier. If we've still got his uh, attention, I uh, hope he uh, got to hear that. Anyways, lovely. Uh, welcome back anytime. I know they're quite busy. I see shit posters everywhere. Yeah. I would just like to, to re-plug um, the course, the mix course that I forgot the, the name of, very uh, foolishly. Uh, so it's called the Pro Audio Masterclasses. And uh, I have a course there about uh, mixing from start to finish, from the mix prep through all the stages. There's a lot of episodes and it's quite comprehensive uh, if anyone is okay. interested. Brilliant. Okay, well, thanks very much, everybody. Uh, that is it for this week. That was uh, Sonic Talk uh, 778. Uh, we will be back next time. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, see you later. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Bye.